The divine wisdom that designed this world is available to us, those who believe Jesus Christ. Believing Jesus Christ. So a few weeks back we saw how to live wisely, wisdom, with the wisdom of God. And as a first part we saw how to live or how to suffer wisely. There is a factor of suffering as well. But not a suffering that consumes us and destroys us. But a suffering where God sustains us and purifies us. Today I would like to move on to another aspect of this suffering. The book of James and the rest of the Bible talks about two aspects to the pain and suffering that every human being go through. And um, the, one of the problems in interpreting the book of James and some other passages in the Bible is the distinction between the two types of suffering. The same Greek word is used but translated differently in verses 12 of first chapter and verses 13 of first chapter. Between verses 12 and verses 13, the same Greek word is translated differently. In Greek, in the, it actually talks about two types of sufferings. In verse 12, we read about trial. The same word is translated as trial. Let me read that verse. Blessed is the one man who remains steadfast under trial. But when we come to verse 13, the same word which is in the original Greek is translated as temptation. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. Both these words come from the same Greek root word, same group, Greek word, Greek root or the original root from which two nuances two shades of meanings are given. So, both are reasons why both are trials and temptations. Sometimes, this word can be so interchangeable. In 2 Corinthians 10.13, we have a verse where the same Greek word is used, but in a slightly different way. Let me read that. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. It may look like that there in Corinthians second epistle, the second epistle of Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is talking about a trial actually. Trial. So there are two types of, let, let be with me. There are two types of sufferings that can happen. One is suffering that caused by trials and the other suffering caused by temptations. Now what are the differences between? As I saw, as I, as I spoke a few weeks back, trials are caused by external circumstances, things which are not in your control. 
you get sick because of something external to you some virus some bad weather or something must have caused or some opposition some persecution some enmity something might have or some food, bad food might have caused you the sickness or the suffering that you are having now it's caused by external circumstances which are out of your control the trials or the sufferings are usually happen because god is testing your faith these are tests of faith tests of character test of our endurance i don't want to go into the details because i had a 58 minute i'm sorry when i went back home and saw my recording it has clocked 58 minutes so that was a test of your endurance actually so what i'm trying to say is that trials are tests by external conditions testing our faith is your faith genuine the genuineness of faith you remember the sermon it sometimes the test of our character you look very polite humble i look very happy but under trial under a test will i be still be polite and still be meek and gentle and uh, such a nice guy i look isn't it appear to be when i have a bad cold will i be irritable shouting at the kids in the church when i have an allergy that's a test of my faith my character my endurance too when it comes to kids making noise my endurance level is very low all mothers know it <clears throat> now what's the consequence of trial when god allows trials or sufferings to happen in our life or adverse circumstances happen in our life it will never destroy us that also we saw but it only purifies us test the genuineness of faith you remember that verse from peter the genuineness of faith the trials comes to purify us but the second word that i said mentioned temptation is altogether different so we learned in the last sermon we learned how to live wisely in times of trials sufferings now the other word in verse 13 is altogether different let me read that verse again that is verse 13 of chapter 1 let no one say when he is tempted i am being tempted by god for god cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tests tempts no one with evil now what is this this is verse 13 the causes are internal contrast trials the causes of the trial are external causes but the reasons for the temptations are internal which is sometimes out of our control what each verse 14 but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire we'll come to that in detail a little later it comes that verse 14 is very clear 
it happens because we fail to resist we fail to resist when your unbelieving husband or wife or children turns against you or parents turns against you there is little very little that you can do because it's a trial it's a trial but in a temptation we are still in control of the situation we are being lured away we are enticed so you can refuse to be enticed so you have some control i was looking for a video but i couldn't find it you know a fish you know swimming quietly enjoying the placid waters of the lake sees a wiggly worm in a u shape you know a wiggly worm in u shape is curious the fish goes near it and it watches it but if it knows if it's say, a wiggly u shaped fish little bit of metal through it is enticing is an amazing it is like a disney park for the fish little fish hmm? the fries they gather around and they see this wiggly worm but as long as they just get amused and clap for the worm things are okay but the moment they try to swallow the worm getting enticed that is the problem and this fish can resist being enticed being lured you know the the bait they recognize it's a bait it is not a worm from the circus tent if they have that wisdom they can avoid if they can resist that temptation that enticement they are safe so in temptations it's in your control trials may not be in our control now that is what causes temptation or the danger of temptation temptations can be anything it actually is yielding to the promptings of sin like a wiggly worm it is standing there in the middle of this and there's a plastic thread a polythene thread tied to this wiggly worm and that's a prompting for sin come 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 as long as they can resist it that yeah, they can uh, resist yielding to that <laughs> temptation causes immense pain it is like the rope in a tug of war see usually we see only two sides you know in every school sports day college sports day tug of war usually is the end last event <coughs> right so there is this rope and party sorry team a and team b but we clap for team a or team b right but that but nobody actually empathizes with the rope there is a third party there the poor rope it is being pulled this side and that side so when it is pulled towards our side we clap when it is pulled to the other side they clap but nobody ever sheds a drop of tear for the poor rope that's a real sufferer temptations are like that 
we are pulled this way and that way but that the rope is under tension under immense pain temptations are like that temptations are being enticed to sin one side and then you struggle to gear, to wear away from it and you move that side but still sin pulls you that way and you go through immense suffering due to the temptations that we we all face every day i hope you understand the pain that temptation causes there's an old 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 hymn many of the old hymns wise hymns we don't sing once to every man and person comes a moment to decide that is how the hymn goes an old hymn which is sang now in the old old historical churches where there is only old old men and women and the old old pastor presiding and we have forgotten those songs now for every man and man nation comes the moment to decide every moment there is a decision making moment to do or not to do or like shakespeare said in the good old hamlet to be or not to be that choice is a painful choice life success and failure rise and fall depends on the tension the rope goes to how do you handle how do we handle handle that suffering or pain with the wisdom of god now let us move get deeper into this if you clarification james gives james says when he is talking about the divine wisdom he says verse 13 please don't blame god number 1 wisdom point number 1 when you are tempted don't say god tempted me verse 13 what does he say let no one say when he is tempted you understand hope what you understand what is temptation i am being tempted by god for god cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one when people get into trouble they need to distinguish between the two am i going through a trial that is is god putting testing me or i have i chosen my suffering that wisdom but one thing for uh, the book of james seems very clearly no one should say when he is tempted eh that he is tempted by god god is beyond all evil god cannot will never test anyone but then who tests there are two people the agency of testing or temptation let me make it very clear the agency of temptation how can a person be tempted now remember temptation is something that leads to ungodliness test or trials leads to purity and holiness and more holiness godliness make that two distinctions clear in your mind there are two things that can lead us into temptation 
and that is one evidently double double various verses i can read but let me read one very clear reference that is matthew's gospel chapter 4 verse 1 is about the temptation of jesus i'll be revisiting it again in the course of the sermon then jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and then we have three temptations of jesus in the rest of the chapter and then the temptations usually come from the devil so the little fish has to know that this is not an amusing sorry an amazing wiggly worm this worm is attached to a hook this is a, not a wiggly circus worm this is a bait and it's attached to a hook which is attached to a plastic thread which is attached to a fishing rod which is held by devil so that is why the word of god makes us wise what does the psalmist say your law makes me wise wiser than all everyone my brothers you know the wisdom that god gives us in the word of god is to when sin presents itself the lures of sin the baits of sin to know who hold it it's always in the hands of the devil god never fish for to hook you with a bait never so that is the first wisdom we need to know we need to have second enemy or agent of temptation is self the what how you imagine yourself understand yourself as distinct from other person i am a wonderful person nice looking handsome beautiful good singer good preacher good all that 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 thing or sometimes people have a opposite way i am good for nothing good not good looking i can't sing i have a frog like voice and all that sort of thing no i meet every week i meet at least half a dozen of them either belong to this side or that side wrong self wrong self and the self has desires the self want to be something no self is not neutral your self myself is not neutral it has longings it has desires it has options you know it has likes and dislikes and all that was 14 says 114 but each person is tempted let no one say was verse 13 says i am tempted by god because god will never put you in a situation where you are tempted to sin similar as that but each person is tempted when he is lured enticed by his own or her own desire now we all have desires isn't it we are taught in the schools in the nursery schools and in the very small class that we should have a goal in life we should be we should know what you want to be and all sort of things and we have desires we see things around us you know and we want those things these things with positions and all that 
But temptations comes like the fish's story, the story of the fish, when it is lured. You know, the fish has been eating a lot of algae, protein-rich algae. It's green and it's, um, I don't know how an algae tastes, I have never tasted it. But the, the, the fish is feasting on algae. But a worm, piece of non-veg, isn't it? For all the evangelicals, Christian, monogam Christians, have they fall for non-vegetarian. That is where the trouble starts. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is that. So it's a change, isn't it? It's a wonderful change for the fish. It has been eating plants, rotten weeds, algae, and it's such a boring. Maybe some dead fish that may be eating. Now here is a live, wiggly worm. So, the enemy is the desire. It is not the worm. Worm is not the enemy. The worm is there. Worm will, after a few wigglings, it will die and it will decay. Why you bother? By the way, whenever I go for fishing, all the fish in that lake or in the river seems to be born again, saved and living holy life. They never take my bite. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is that this seems to be wiser than many believers, it seems. The loon, so who is the enemy? Your own desire. So the fish decides, I've been eating algae all my life. I've been eating the, 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 the decayed leaves of the water plants all my life. It is time for a change. And it bites, swallows the wiggly worm for a change. And that's the end of it. How do we are tempted? The temptation, the tension in life to be or not to be and the pain. That means that when we are tempted and when we yield to temptation, we should find fault with ourselves. Ultimately, that I am responsible for my fault. That is the level of maturity we should all have. I come across believers who always blame others. Satan did that. And uh, that girl took my son away. That Man took my daughter away and they lost job because of the boss was against my, uh, my, my, me and I lost my job. You know, they blame others. Seldom you find people say that I made a wrong choice. I had wrong values. I had wrong ambitions. And because of my wrong ungodly ambitions, I was lured into a danger. I never realized that the path I took, took thinking that I will get a lot of money, the bigly worm, was a path to destruction. I come across very few people who will blame themselves. A second aspect of wisdom when it comes to temptation is to realize, to be aware of the metamorphosis of temptation or metamorphosis of sin I can say much more directly 
You know what I mean by metamorphosis? If you had a fourth, five, fifth grade science, uh, you will know it. Yeah. That is, you know, I hope I can get it right. See, a butterfly lays an egg under a leaf and that egg hatches on its own and it becomes what? Larvae. Yeah. And then a pupa. What does the caterpillar come? Yes. And then caterpillar comes in between. And it becomes a pupa, beautiful pupa hanging on from the leaf and from which the butterfly comes out. Not only butterflies, butterflies are okay because they are so beautiful and charming. All flies come, go through this process. Sometimes it could be a dragonfly and sometimes it could be something that can bite and uh, uh, kill your immunity. It could be dangerous ones too. But all have a metamorphosis. They change their form. And the wisdom that we need to have when we go through these sort of situations is to realize the metamorphosis of sin or the temptation, I would say. Let's look at that in 14 to 15, verses 14 to 15. Read it closely. But each person is tempted when he is lured. So it begins with being lured and enticed by his own desire. First thing is being lured and enticed. The same thing, desire. Now what happens once you have a desire? Then the desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin. That's the next stage in the metamorphosis. And then sin that is fully grown, you know, the pupa has grown, brings forth death. That's the major difference. A butterfly goes through the metamorphosis and at the end of the day, you see a beautiful butterfly flying out. But desire is different. Desire, you don't see life. At the end of the process, what you see is death. Being enticed and sinning desire and desire gives birth to sin and sin gives birth to death. Now whole of the Bible from the chapter 3 of book of Genesis towards the end of it we see this theme of life and death. I just want to bring two people before you. First, a negative example, which we find in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 to 5. A famous example of David the king. A good king, wonderful king, a man of God's own heart, chosen by God to reign over his people, to guide his people. One lazy afternoon, he got up after his siesta and he sees a beautiful woman belonging to somebody else. He covets her, desire is born, then he arranges things in such a way that he sins with her and that leads to death on many fronts. One, 
spiritual death. He lost his relationship with God. As Nathan walks in and condemns him, and you say, "You are that man who killed and ate the only lamb that a widow had." You know, he was condemned by God. Secondly, he the he lost lot of his soldiers. He arranged, fixed the match. Uriah, the wife of Bathsheba, died or was, in a sense, killed in the plot. They lost the war. So many soldiers lost their life. And eventually, the child that was born in Bathsheba also died. Though David repented and fasted and prayed. The consequence of being lured and having a sinful desire, committing a sin, is so serious. That suffering we can avoid. That pain we can avoid. Where? The point of its origin. Right there. Before it even lays an egg. Now I want to move to another person. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. In all three, in all the Gospels, in three Gospels, we read about his temptation. He was fasting for 40 days. And then he was led to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now the devil shows him bread like lime rock stones and says, are you hungry? You must be hungry. Everybody will be hungry after 40 days of fasting. He says, now you can turn these stones to bread. He was hungry. He had a desire to eat something after 40 days of fasting. He was very hungry. But Jesus stops at that desire. He said he was hungry, but he didn't want to eat what the devil will offer him. That is where Jesus did not travel that road any further. Sin, desire, being lewd, desire, and then uh, sin and death. He did not. He stopped there, right there. Then the devil takes him to the holy city and shows him the whole city and the whole world expands and says, if you worship me, I'll give you the whole glory of this world. But Jesus stops at the desire of becoming the master of the whole world because he himself has created it. Then the devil says, jump from the pinnacle of the temple down. The angels will hold you up. Why are you? But he said, don't test your God. The desire to show, do some acrobatics and impress the world. Sometimes that is how the lure comes. The lure comes. The temptation comes to prove that we are great. Jesus said, no. We stop there. Brothers and sisters, this is where wisdom is needed. Desires, being lured, temptations, Happens every turn of our life. Every corner. 
great men and women have fallen. Yeah, you have stories after stories. Great preachers have failed. Just on one sin. Not many. Not one or just one or sometimes half. They say, I am not fully responsible. Somebody else also is responsible. It is not only in Christian faith, it is also in all other faith. How many sadhus are in jail now? A great man who was shaking the whole city, holy of India, Asaram Babu, he is in life imprisonment for child rape. What a fun. And a great man of, a godly man, I am not saying he is a God, man of God, a, a, a demigod is in jail. In the West, preachers are in jail. They lost their ministry just out of sinful curiosity. Nothing, there's somebody, there are some people who have done nothing wrong, but they went in the wrong place. Media caught them in the wrong place. That's the end of their ministry. Many people have messed up their marriage because even as believers, their desire for beauty, talents and money. People want somebody who preach like me, sing like me, look like me, type of things. But they didn't ask deeper questions. The will of God and ran into trouble. I had a friend, a Christian friend. He was in love with a girl. So we asked him what? He was madly in love with her. His parents said no. His mother said no. The, the sisters said I will come. We'll all commit suicide together. We'll jump into the same well. Still this guy won't budge. So, so we asked him what? What's, why are you so mad after her? He said no. I am so I am so attracted. He said see the Long black lock of her hair. Wow. Black lock of hair. Like a cascade. That's why he's in fault. But I asked him, do you know what she thinks this? Something inside that uh, thing. You know? No, he's so blind. Sometimes we can be so blind. See? I'm not talking, this is not a bad example. They, are, they have a very good marriage after maybe 30 years now, 28 or 30 years now. Wonderful marriage. I hope it is a wonderful marriage. Uh, but I'm not going. But I'm saying, sometimes our desires are so peripheral. That's all that I wanted to say. The takeaway from this illustration is that sometimes our desires are so peripheral. When it comes to job, how much you will get? Positions. How many people will be under me in my team? You know how many, that means how many people I can shout at every day. And power, position, perks. When it comes to social life, especially those who are in corporate world, it could be just that fascination of your friend smoking and making that, what do you call that? The rings or the swords or something like that. Just that. Can you do it? Just with one. Yes, you try to do it. That's where desire, your entice, desire, fascination, the wiggly worm start biting. 
Sometimes it could be just a sip. Every alcoholic has begun not with a large bottle, 750 ml, with a sip. Every chain smoker has started with one puff. And I don't want to go deeper in more serious matters. That's all begins with one wrong step. We should be aware of living wisely in this world. In this crooked and perverse world. Is to know the metamorphosis of temptation. Where temptation will lead us to. We should know the metamorphosis. So that we can stop the fly laying the egg under our leaf. Stop it. It could be dangerous. You know, I had something called, uh, I forgot the scientific name of that plant. And that plant often gets a type of a caterpillar. And it is golden color. It's such a shiny, the, the pupa, when the pupa hangs from the leaf, I'm trying to recall the scientific name. But that plant, the, the native variety of that plant is poisonous. Now, you know, it is very common, but the new varieties are not that poisonous. The leaf is poisonous. The very native original variety. But this caterpillar, this fly, lays the egg under the leaf, and then there is a larva, and there is a pupa, and the pupa is golden color shining in the sunlight. I used to enjoy that, but later I started picking the leaves out. You know why? Because when this pupa, when this real fly comes out and then the larva stage, the larva eats the whole plant. Literally the whole plant. I never, six years I kept watering that plant. I never had a flower on it because this pesty larva ate all the leaves and all the nutrients. But what's where to do? The first thing is pick it when it lays the egg under your leaves. Coming to the last part of the sermon. How do we handle it? So let me summarize what I said so far. There are two types of pain we go through. When God puts us through pain to test our faith, the other is self-inflicted pain, which we yield ourselves to when we yield to temptation. And we saw the metamorphosis of this. It starts with desire, leads to sin, and then even <coughs> greater consequence of death. But the wisdom of God doesn't end there. How do you handle this situation? A few principles James advises us. Number one, never blame God. Verse 13. In verse 13 it says, Never blame God. Be responsible. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tests no one. People do serious things. Very deadly sins. And some people say, God showed me to do that. God will never let you put you in your hot water. 
Well, never. Some people, God spoke to me. So why did you choose that way? God spoke to me, brother. Really? Then if God really spoke to me, you, you will not be so deep in the hot water now. Because God will not tempt you with sin. Don't blame God. Some people are so godly, can't distinguish between devil and God in their life. But now, when you say that I am there because of the mess I created, I am responsible for this mess. When anyone is tempted, they should say that I am tempted by my own desires. And don't blame God. And second thing, look up to God. That's where, when you are, and you find, when you have, see, swallowed the, the, the hook, the fish hook with the wiggly worm on it, look up to God. Now, I used to go fishing until my road broke. And I have seen some smart fish. You know, this fish, and I'm so excited that I got a fish, and he's struggling at the hook, you put a net and take the fish out and then you disgore the fish using the tools that you have. Suddenly, very happy that I got a fish for frying today. And as you disgore it, God's grace is upon that fish. It slips out of my hand back to the water. That's possible. That's possible. It has happened more than once in my life. In my fishing career. So, the, slips, the fish simply slips out of water and then he dives into the water and comes up to, laugh, to, to, to make a funny face at you. You dumb. Now, how many times I had that situation in my life? So, you may be hooked even when you are hooked. Tempted. Desires. Sin. And before that, God can still intervene. Before that happens, God can still intervene. Look up to God. Verses 16 to 18. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. From God. You know, and verse 16 to 17, the same thing. Trust in the goodness of God. Why should we look to God? Because we should... Trust in the goodness of God. What does 16 say? Verse 16. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Confidence in that great God. And verse 13 says, God is so good that he will never tempt anyone with sin. He may send pain in our life. To test our faith. To make us more pure. To make us more holy. He may send adverse circumstances. But with all the adverse circumstances. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 12 to 13 which I read earlier. Says that there will be an exit. God will make an exit in all the situation. But even when you are tempted. When we find ourselves in trouble. Still God is there. To help us. That is why the writer of Hebrews wrote to this struggling Hebrew, the, the, the Hebrew believers in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 
verses 14 to 16. When you are in trouble, now everybody makes mistakes. Don't be disheartened that I have a bad habit now because I gave myself into it. I am in a bad company now because I made a wrong choice. Don't be, don't be, don't put yourself down. There is help available. The word of God also gives, says, that is, there is help available in all these sort of situations. Now, where is the help coming from? To the Hebrew Christians, he will say, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. What does that mean? Even with the hook in your mouth, which you took by your foolishness, you can still seek God's help so that God will help you to spit it out. Help is available. Even when you make a wrong choice, when you jump into trouble, when you find yourself in deep soup, you can still seek, I can still seek the grace of God. He is too good. He will never tempt you. But even with a hook in the mouth, he will give us grace and mercy. To summarize that part, that is why in the Lord's Prayer we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord said, pray this way. And he gave us a model prayer. And Luke chapter 11 verse 4, that is what I read now. For we forgive our sins, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation, O Lord. The Lord will not lead us into temptation. But when we are running that path, going down that path, the Lord is, is there to help us and to guide us and take us out of this. So many times we find, we make, we are not all wise. Remember that. We are not all that wise. We make mistakes. We get into trouble. We have painful experiences. But even when we have made unwise choices, there is a wise God who is able to help us. A U-turn is possible at any point. You know, when it is not like our national highways. Where to get a U-turn, you have to go two, three miles. But in God's plan, U-turn is always there at every turn. At every inch, there is a U-turn you can return to God. He is a merciful God, abounding, abounding in grace and mercy, whose feet we can chew, uh, go to for help. And I would like to conclude with this victory song of Psalm 40. A man who was Sinking into deep mire, mud, bog, he cries unto the Lord. For every moment he was going deeper and deeper in this miry bog, in this pit. He was looking for some place where he can plant his feet so that he can rise up. But unfortunately, no. He cries to God. Psalm 40 verse 1 to 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. 
He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Amen. The pain that temptation brings. First, we have to avoid it. Number two, we, when we find in the midst of that, cry to God who abounds in mercy. Third, believe that God is there to help. To sing that victory song, a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Please stand with me for prayer and to continue in the worship with a new song. Will you pray with me that you will and I will receive a heart of wisdom to know what is desirable and what is not desirable. To know what is dangerous and what is not dangerous. What is godly and what is ungodly. Just make a prayer. And if you find yourself deep inside in, in, in a problem, ask God to pull you out of the miry pit and plant your feet, plant my feet on a solid rock. Yes, Lord, we commit ourselves to do your will. Make your will known to us. Give us the grace to obey you. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen.